August 30th, 2018, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to tenboundcom conference to get your tickets today. That's tenboundcom conference. You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am super excited to get the next guest on the show, Mr. Malcolm Smith, Sales Development Manager of Leap Legal Software. How are you doing today, Malcolm? Oh, David, I am I am goosebumps right now. This is so amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, man, I'm excited, man. I mean, we initially connected through LinkedIn. I, I think maybe you had read one of the blog posts or listened to one of the podcasts. Is that right? I listen to all of the podcasts. <laughs> nice, dude. It's a loyal, loyal fan of the sales development Absolutely. podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, what uh, what initially happened was, uh, you know, I'd been recently promoted into a sales development to a manager position, and you know, I, I'm a, a lifelong learner. I like to say so. I, I constantly am looking for all kinds of resources, books, what have you. And I discovered your podcast and it was basically like, well, this is, this is it. So I went through and listened to every single thing I could get my hands on. And then from there I found other ones and yeah, it's been great, but I always come back to yours. Nice dude. I'm excited. Yeah. We've got tons of great episodes coming up just to plug the show a little bit. So stay tuned. Fantastic. You're, you're going to love it. <laughs> and uh, this is going to be a great one, man. I mean, I, like I, I said, when we were getting ready for the call, you know, a lot of the folks who listen to the show are like you, you know, they're SDR managers or SDRs or directors, and they're just trying to understand, you know, what's going on out there in the sales development world and just how to get a little bit better every day. And your background is awesome in that you were promoted from the sales development ranks to a manager. Tell us about how you kind of got into sales development and then, mm-hmm. you know, a few key takeaways on making that leap. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> leap, I like it. So yeah, I've been in sales basically my entire adult life. Um, my first sales job, I was 18 years old working in a Sears electronics store, uh, which was really great because it was like an old school commission kind of thing. So I had some really great teachers and mentors there. And I've just always kind of been involved in sales. I, mean, I did graduate from Binghamton University with a degree in uh, economics and classical history. So I have a pretty diverse background, I suppose, but I always was coming back to sales because it was just a place where you could make you know as much money as you wanted. And I was always the type of person that I never liked the idea of just having a flat wage and, and that was kind of it. How I got into sales development is pretty interesting. After college, I was just I went back to what I knew, which was retail sales, cell phones for a while. So I was working for AT&T. 
I was lucky enough to get contacted by a recruiting company. And I went through a pretty rigorous assessment day. There was like 70 people in the room. I was picked out of that group. Uh, I was like one of, I think, 13 that were given offers of those 13 I'm actually the last man standing, you know, pretty, pretty hardcore over here. So uh, I was lucky enough to be the last one. And I was actually initially hired as an account executive. But, you know, from my perspective at the time, I thought it would be something that I'd be very good at. And, you know, I was to a point, but I, like the way I like to describe it, I was, I was surprisingly average. I, I'm the type of person that I, I like to be a superstar at everything I do. I was statistically one of the best employees for AT&T while I was there, just in terms of, you know, just gross volume and things like that. When I came to a mostly outbound focused team, uh, I was I was shocked by how much different it is from an inbound place. So, you know, I, I struggled a bit. But the one thing that I was constantly good at was setting appointments. You know, I, I very quickly took to just getting on the phone and making dials. I think one of the first books I read when I took this job was Fanatical Prospecting from Jeb Blunt, and it just totally changed how I thought about this role. So yeah, I was just naturally good at getting on the phone, getting people to make appointments. And I was also good at kind of using my creativity and some of the technical background I have to kind of look for new tools and new ways of doing things. So, you know, I was introducing new ideas. And at this point, I think I probably know Salesforce better than most people in my company in this country at this point, because I was just kind of a student of the game. So I was given the opportunity to join the sales development team. Uh, we actually referred to them at the time as uh, inside sales, but you know, I kind of re-clarified the mission and the purpose of the team because I realized we actually weren't carrying a quota and we weren't necessarily responsible for closing business. So, you know, we were focused on a top of funnel place. So what happened was I came into the development team. I just started killing it. Like our, our KPI at the time was about 10 appointments a week. You know, I was doing 12, 15 easily. And then I was given the opportunity to kind of run the team, which, which I'm doing now. And I have three amazing reps who are hitting the phones hard as I speak. I'm kind of looking over my shoulder to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to and they are, which is good. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been an absolute trip and I, I've enjoyed every moment of it. And this is honestly the first time in my life that you know, I wake up every day excited to go to work. <laughs> I work right now in, uh, we're in, we're in downtown Manhattan. I'm in the, the World Trade Center. I got a very lovely view of the Brooklyn Bridge and the Hudson River. It's about an hour and a half from where I live, but I'm in the office every day by seven just because I'm literally obsessed. I, I want to be the best sales development manager in in the world, really. And I want, I know Leap is the best legal software in the world. And I love that my job is to tell as many people of that as possible. Nice, dude. That's amazing. So there's a few things here. One is, it sounds like the phone is your friend. Like, like a lot of people you know, are getting away from the phone because it's a little bit, you know, outside of the comfort zone, I would say. But it sounds like that was one of the things that you made a huge focus of when you came in. Yeah, I think, you know, that I think about it, the real the real reason that might have been the case is because coming from retail, you know, being able to talk to strangers was a huge aspect of, of that job. Right. But the mentality of people walking into your shop, there's almost this like social contract of people coming into a store where you're allowed to engage with them from a sales context. And it's not awkward when you flip that and you're now interrupting somebody and you're calling them out of the blue and they may not know who you are or what your company is. That's a very different conversation you need to have. But I feel like what a lot of people, the, the, the benefit they may have if they work for a larger company is like, hey, I'm calling from Microsoft or I'm calling from LinkedIn. Most people know what those companies are and they're at least willing to entertain it for a bit. When you call from a, a startup, essentially, and no one knows what you're, what you're doing, it's, it's a very awkward conversation. It's not a normal social interaction. So a lot of people are hesitant to do that. But like I said, when I, I read Jeb's book, I just got that mentality of let me just jump right in the pool and not worry about it. And I was able to kind of use a lot of the skills I developed in the retail on the phones. And I'm, I'm, I'd like to think I'm a pretty personable, personable guy and I'm pretty good. I got a silver tongue so I can kind of 
maneuver around a conversation and, and kind of get what I want. But I was very good at, you know, taking things and making it very casual. And I think that's one of the things I try to impart to my guys. Like we don't need to have super formal conversations. It doesn't always need to be super serious and super businessy. Like a lot of the times because we're interrupting somebody, it should be kind of casual. It should be very fun. If you can make somebody laugh, you can pretty much get them to do anything. So that's how we're setting a lot of our appointments now is just kind of being that disruption in somebody's day, but from a positive standpoint. Okay, so you're flipping around, you know, because when you think about disruption, you think, uh, you know, I'm bothering this person or, you know, I'm interrupting their day. But when you think of disruption, you kind of flip it around and you make it fun. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is you're going to interrupt them regardless. And like nobody's ever really happy to get a cold call. But what somebody should be interested in getting is, is something that adds value to their day. One of the thought leaders I was able to connect with pretty early on was Morgan Ingram. And, and he taught me, you know, very early, like, if you're not adding value, then what are you really doing? And I think that's such a, a, a nice way of thinking about it. Because when I tell my guys to pick up the phone and call, like, I'm always asking them, what is this call adding to this person's day? How are you? How are you assisting them? We're in the position where we have a very focused ideal customer profile. So we know exactly who our customers are. We don't do a lot of you know, would you fit here? Would you fit there? So there's not a ton of real prospecting we need to do. It's more just, you know, having effective conversations with the right people at the right time. But, you know, going back to the idea of making it fun and, and, and giving people a laugh like that at that point, once somebody laughs, you've opened up that relationship with that person. And now you're not so much of an annoyance as you are just an interesting addition to their day. Totally. I mean, most people are probably pretty bored <laughs> or, or yeah, they're, they're stressed, parties, right? right. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. they're totally stressed out. So it's like to have a little lightness. But something you said that's interesting is you got that advice from Morgan and you want to bring value to the conversation. And you've got a lot of passion around your product. I mean, you're really excited about what you're selling. How do you teach your team and how did you get that mindset of, of I'm going to add value to this. What, what value are you adding when you call? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really the case where you have to believe in what you're selling. You have to believe the product itself is, is worth talking about. And like I said, we're in a very fortunate position where that's the case. You know, I don't have to, to blink when I say that Leap is by far the best legal software in the world for small law firms, because it is like, and anybody who looks at it, you know, they'll, they'll agree. So what, what the, the benefit of my team and where we're at right now is, you know, we're selling a very necessary product to an industry that's normally resistant to change of this nature. And I guess what we try to do is we try to add value in the sense that like, you know, a lot of what attorneys do throughout the day can be automated and made a lot faster. So the value we're adding is very boils down to simply we can help you save time and make more money. And I honestly can't think of two things that would resonate more with people, especially a lot of working professionals. Like if I can give you an hour back in your day to get home and play with your kids, how can you say no to that? <laughs> That's uh, hey, I'm sold. <laughs> you got me. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Everybody wants the, you know the pain point is they're doing all these things. They may not even be aware of it, but they're doing all these things that are taking up tons of time, exactly. and that costs them money because time is money, right? In that in that profession. Exactly. And so another thing you you said that was interesting is you were the last man standing or the last person standing, you know, to be, to be fair. So what do you think happened there? Yeah. I mean, you know, cause what happened, was that you like getting passionate, having fun, like getting on the phone? I mean, what, why were you the last person versus all these other candidates? I think it had a lot to do with my, like just sheer force of will. Okay. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a very obsessive type of person. And like, when I want to be good at something, I'm all in on it. You know, like I was for a while, I still am most days. I'm the first one in the office every single day. 
And I kind of made myself want to do that because I knew it was going to open up a lot of possibilities. It gives me more time. And I mean, it started from a really practical place. Like I just wanted to get everything organized before the golden hours. Right. So I could just get on the phones right away and have my day kind of set up. But, you know, it started to give me more of uh, more clarity to get in early and kind of give myself an overview. But I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, the, the initial group that that was brought on the expectations of what the job entailed wasn't wasn't really for them. And, you know, we, we exist in a, in a very performance driven culture. So you, you learn very quickly if this isn't for you and, uh, you know, what will help you transition into things that make more sense for your skill set, which is actually what, what ended up happening with me. Like I had mentioned, you know, being an actual outside salesperson carrying a quota, I was okay, but I just wasn't as good as I, I know I am. So I was given the opportunity to kind of figure out a better path for me. And so far, so good. It's, it's really working well, but I think it's just, you know, especially now when I look to hire, I'm looking for attitude. I'm looking for things that are not teachable. And I think that that's one of the things that I had in spades, maybe above and, and over the, uh, the other people that I was competing against. Right. Okay. So, and, and you were able to leverage your strength in something that the business really needed. I mean, you need to, so somebody's, somebody's got to be on the phone, you know, knocking on doors and opening up new appointments. They needed that. You Absolutely. were good at it. Boom. You know, you Absolutely. had a great opportunity. Yeah. What I, what I like to tell my guys to kind of get them really understanding, it's like, you know, most companies, I would argue probably every single company has a sales team or a sales department at some level. And, you know, you need sales is probably the most important aspect of any company because no sales, then there's nothing to account. <laughs> there's nothing for, for, for inventory or, or, or operations people to manage. Right. But without sales development, you, you have no sales. If sales is the engine, then sales development is the oil. Right. I mean, it doesn't work without that. So. I try to make sure that we understand just exactly how important our role really is and, and what, what the turnaround is on, on our activities. And because it, it can be kind of nebulous, right? Like if you're not really having someone who's in that data granularly, who's not looking at conversion rates and connection rates and all these different things, it could seem like what you're doing is unimportant, but it's quite the opposite. As a matter of fact, it's, it's one of the most important activities that, that's done on a daily basis is that, that outreach and, you know, again, having a background in, in history, I can tell you that going back to the beginning of most civilization, it's trade, it's trade and it's sales. It's, it's the foundation of most complex civilizations and getting to a point where you can have that kind of trade starts with conversation. Communication is by far one of the most important aspects of sales. And I think sales development is really just a science of understanding how to structure business style communication, you know, for each given prospect. Dude, I love this. I, I'm nodding. You can't tell through the phone, but I'm nodding completely. <laughs> I mean, obviously, coming on the Sales Development Podcast, you're going to have a fan, you know? But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, that was, I kicked off the conference last year by saying, like, we need to pull our heads out and just understand how important sales development is. Because if you don't broker that initial conversation, exactly like you said, there's not going to be a second conversation, which means there's not right. going to be any pipeline, which means there's not going to be any sales and all that stuff. And then on the other end, it's like, you can have you can have all the marketing, branding that you want and do all this stuff, but you're still trying to broker some kind of transaction, which is in a, you know, if it's not like a, consumer model and a lot of b2b you've got to have some kind of sales conversation right and that's what Absolutely. we do every day so yeah. so the, but this is great so let me ask you this where do you feel like 
you you've got you've got this drive, this attitude, this passion to that's been able to propel you forward. Is this something that you were born with and that you just bring forward or is this something that you could train people and scale to have this kind of attitude? It's an interesting question and I guess it's kind of the thing that most leaders and managers have to kind of wrap their mind around. Can you teach some of this stuff? I, I, I as a manager, I hope so. Um, as a new leader, I, I hope so. But you know, from the limited experience I have, I'm not convinced of that yet. I think it's more of so. There's the, the debate between you know, should you follow your passions or should you follow your skills? There's a guy who has a blog. I think it's called Study Hacks. It's, his name is Cal Newport. And he talks about the idea of like following your passion is kind of a misnomer. What you should really focus on is what you're actually good at. Like, what are you really the best at doing? And I think when you do, when you, when you really are honest with yourself and you can tell, like, I might be really passionate at singing, but I'm not the best singer. Maybe I should think about other things to do that maybe are even related to that. You get a little bit closer to getting to where I feel like I am. I think what happened with me is I've kind of aligned what I'm good at with also what I'm passionate at. And I think, you know, being honest with myself and realizing I am not good at closing my own deals, but I'm very good at working top of funnel. Now I'm passionate about getting as good as I can be working top of funnel. So it's a nice overlay there. I think that what you can do is you can teach people and you can coach people to find out what it is they're good at, or at least help them uncover the skills that they already have. And then you can coach them to be you know, better at that. But I don't think you can create motivation where there isn't any. You can maybe help align it or, or point it, if that makes, makes sense. But I don't know if you can really make someone want to be great. They, they kind of have to want to do it on their own. You know, like well, a, a great manager I had for AT&T, he told me he likes to hire people with a motor. And what he meant by that is he wants to hire people that you can, they, he just let them go and they're, and they're on their own. Doesn't like people that you have to force and push and go now do this, go now do that. If they're not coming in already kind of self-motivated, I don't really know how you can create that. You can maybe increase the velocity of it. You can maybe increase the intensity of it. But I don't know if you can bring somebody from zero to one. I think it's much easier to bring someone from one to 10, if that makes sense. August 30th, 2018, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to 10bound.com conference to get your tickets today. That's 10bound.com conference. Yeah. Oh my God. It totally makes sense, man. And I mean, I, I, I feel like 
people listening to this, both on the side of the manager who has to do the hiring, which is one of the hardest parts of the job because Mm -hmm. it's so critical and and you're kind of flying blind in a lot of ways. You're like, who is, you know, you've got a resume, you got the phone screen. You're like, who is this person? I don't know if they're, if if it's going to work out. And then also for the reps, you know, who are listening, it's like, hey, take a step back. What are you actually good at? What are you passionate about? And what do you not need any motivation to do? And then also, what can you, how can you align that with making money somehow? It right. might not necessarily exactly. be in sales. I mean, it could be in something else. And I think where people flame out a lot is they're like, hey, I want to get into sales and like, I'll get on airplanes and have nice cars and all these things. But it's like, Dude, if you're not passionate and you're you're not aligned to that, then you're just going to fail. It seems. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's 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 one of those things where, like, in some ways, I think it's a failure of our culture that we've kind of allowed that idea of of passion will bring you through. You know, just kind of using myself as an example, I'm very passionate about, like, let's say, besides work stuff, just computer games, right? Like, I love that's probably my biggest hobby, but. I am not ever going to be a professional video game player. It's just not something that's ever going to be in the stars for me. For me to align my day and my life to, to, to pursue something that I'm just never going to be the best at, you have to stop and think, well, why would you want to do such a thing? Like it, it's now I don't understand that calculus, how someone could, could take something and say like, I want to be the best X, but I'm not really good at it. Mm, I don't know how you can get to that point. See? And I think that, what you'll find is the passion you get from being good at something is so much more powerful and potent than the passion you get from just liking something. Totally. Totally. Okay. So, so say somebody's like, okay, geez, like I'm having a hard time getting passionate about what I'm doing. I'm not super motivated about this. Like what, what are some ways that you can step back and go, okay, what am I actually good at? And that, you know, I can build on that, that uh, ability. You know, how, how can people do that? Because I don't think, I don't think like your average career counselor or teacher at school or something is like teaching people that kind of mentality. Right. I I would say that for me, there's a a psychological thing called the flow state where all of a sudden time just starts to melt away. And for certain people, different things will put them into that flow state depending on, you know, what you're doing. So if you're, if you're really good at chess, when you're playing chess, more than likely that time is going to evaporate and an hour becomes a minute. I would say that whatever makes your time seem shorter than it is, is probably something that not only are you really good at, but you're passionate about too. And the other thing I would say is what you really want to do is it comes down to being honest with yourself. You really need to be self like internalizing and, and, anal- and analytical and, and be honest and say, what is the thing that throughout the years I keep coming back to or people keep wanting from me. Like for a while, I was really good at fixing computers, right? So I was the guy that every Thanksgiving, I have everybody's phones on my lap trying to figure out how to pair <laughs> Bluetooth and such. And I was good at it. But what what would end up happening is when I realized just how good at this I was, that's what my motivation was. When I was doing the cell phone thing, I loved being good at this and realizing like I'm actually probably one of the best, and you know, statistically I was, one of the best cell phone salespeople in the country. And like, when you get to that point where you're like, I'm number one out of how many, that should be where you start looking for, you know, what, what you should be doing. Right. And it it could be something silly. Like somebody could be 
you could be the best at cleaning your room. That could be something that you're so good at that, you know, every time you, you go to clean your room, you just, you're, you're amazing at it. And it, it may not be obvious at first. Sometimes you need external validation. You need somebody to tell you, Hey, you're actually really good at this. But then what happens is once you start getting that positive reinforcement that you're really good at it, you start comparing yourself to other people who aren't as good as you are. You start to really get an idea of, oh, wow, I really am good at this. Then you can start looking for, well, how do I apply this? What's the business sense here? Like, how do I turn this into something that's vocational? And I think that's where people should, you know, if they're struggling with that, like young kids in, in college, don't just go and major in engineering because you heard that that's a good degree. You might quickly discover that that's something that you don't want to do. <laughs> uh, my dad was my, my both my parents are physicians and my father said he would get all these kids, you know, coming into school like, oh, I want to be a doctor. And then they hit organic chemistry and they realize why that might have been a mistake. But for someone like him, he realized he was good at it. He would spend days studying notes and he would just he would be obsessed with it. And I think it, it does also come down to that. Like, what are you obsessed with? Like, what can you not put down? Like, what can you not stop coming back to? I mean, for me, it's, it's now it's, it's this job. It's, it's getting good at this job and building my team and getting to be the best at this. And like, I was just on uh, vacation last week with my wife. We went to universal studios. Well, actually we went to Harry Potter world because we didn't really spend too much time in the other places, but uh, <laughs> I was constantly refreshing dashboards. Like I was looking at Salesforce and some people would say, wow, work-life balance is totally out of whack, but no, not for me. For me, there is no such thing as work-life balance. I'm literally like, I, I've kind of hit like a zenith. Like I'm at a point where everything I do is structured around my, my job. And that's, that's a great place for me to be. And I'm, I'm literally obsessed. I can't not think about it. And I think that's where people should try to get themselves to be is at a point where the, the job you have is so perfect for you that you can't think about anything else. Some people might be afraid of that. They might be scared of it. They might hear that and they go, wow, I would never want my job to be that much. But I would argue if that's how you feel about it, you probably don't have a job like this yet. And when you find it, then it won't seem scary to you anymore. And like, you know, people have said this in the past, like, oh, if you have a job you love, you won't work a day in your life. I see where they're going with it. I work extremely hard, but the more I put in, the more hours I put in, the better I feel about it. Like it's, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a high, like a runner's high in some ways, like after a really good productive day, I just can't wait to come back the next day. Like I kind of look at my time off like, oh, <laughs> right. office is closed. I got to go home. <laughs> so, so it becomes you're, you're in that flow state and the positive you know, reaction that you're getting because you're in that flow state is almost like a snowball effect and it, it gets getting better. And you almost Correct. like it's not like you have to punch in, punch out. You're living for the weekend and all that crap. Right. It's like, dude, I, I love this. I love what I'm doing and I'm getting better at it. That's kind of exactly. where you're going. It's amazing. Exactly. And so it sounds like, and I'm in San Francisco, so you got to give me a little, a little hippy dippy, you know, credit here, but <laughs> I'm thinking like meditation, you know, to, to like, if someone's out there struggling with this and they're like, fuck, I, I excuse me, I don't like my job. I do, I'm not, I'm not getting that good at it. And it's kind of, it's in a spiral, like kind of taking some time to get uh, self-awareness of, of your your own thought process and like trying to quiet your mind a little bit and think about like, when was I doing something that I really liked? And when was I getting in that flow state? What was that? And, you know, and then taking that and being like, how can I do that more? And how can I actually make money off of it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it's tough because I think we... The, like the outside forces are saying like 
at as you should be, you know, making this much money, driving this kind of car, like you should have this house and all these things. And people get very focused on those external things and they don't take a moment to like kind of understand, hey, who am I? What am I good at? Where am I going right. with all this? So my dad loves to quote Shakespeare to me, but he would say, you know, those types of people, they know the price of everything, but the value of nothing. And I think that is a really important thing to kind of understand, like what I would say to somebody who's motivated by that. Cause you know, first of all, I only hire people that are motivated by, by money at some level, obviously I'm in sales, but what I would say is like, if your only motivation is money and you're willing to do whatever it takes to make a lot of money, don't think you're actually going to achieve it. Because what I've noticed is wealth tends to find the people that are the best at what they do. You don't always make a lot of money just because what you're doing is, is necessarily valuable. People who rise to the top of their industry or their, or their position is because they're usually the best at it. I mean, of course, I'm sure people will disagree and they'll say, no, there are people who got a lot and they don't deserve it. Yeah, I'm sure that happens. But for the most part, in a professional setting, the people earning the most are the ones that are doing it the best. And I think that is where most people should be focusing on is what can I do better than anyone I know? Because you will make, you'll get wealthy just being good at something. That That is enough, really, especially in today's world where so much of, you know, quote unquote, unnecessary jobs are starting to become automated and, and AI and all these different things are happening. You have to really kind of stop and think like, what can I do better than anybody or anything? Like, what can I even do better than a computer can do? And that's where you'll, you'll find, you know, your ability to make a lot of money and wealth and things like that. Yeah. And, and it's, again, like you were saying, when you get into that flow state and you're really excited about what you're doing and that energy's coming off, you end up getting better and better about it. And you're putting out the energy to, you know, get more people involved and things like that. It becomes an upward spiral. And, and versus if you're just like flatlining right now, you got to like take a step back and, and understand, I mean, you, you really have to do this. I think what you said about the AI and stuff, like, the robots are coming to take our mm-hmm. job our jobs away. And if you're just like flatlined or you're just barely scrape like getting through to Friday so that you can have the weekend, like that's kind of a very dangerous position, I would think. Absolutely. Yeah. Right now. So well dude, this is this is amazing, man. I, I, I have loved this conversation. If people want to get in touch with you after this and get you on their podcast, how what's the best way to get you? Is it LinkedIn or Yeah. Um my, my my I'm right on LinkedIn. My email is just my first name dot last name at leak.us. And I actually I've said it before, I think I made a post on LinkedIn. I love getting cold called because one of two things is going to happen. It's either going to be great and they're going to actually add value to what I'm doing because I'm always looking for problems that I need solved. And for example, I had a guy cold called me from DocSend and I'm using DocSend and I love it now. So it, it does work where conversely, don't cold call me and don't add value because I'll use you as an example for my guys of what not to do. So there's, there's, a, there's a risk there. But yeah, my cell phone number, I'm pretty easy to find. Okay. Um, and, and one thing I'll say is a good thing I would recommend to anybody in, in sales or any, any aspect of sales, you really do want to have peers, you know, that maybe work for other companies that, that you connect with a good friend of mine that I actually met on Reddit of all places, Jimmy Chen, who works for Waggle. We try to powwow at least, you know, twice a month and we just kind of talk about stuff going on. And it's, it's great to do that because you get a different 
set of eyes kind of looking at your problems and they can, you can share war stories and such. And I think that's such a valuable thing for people in, in any real sales job to do is find other people doing what you're doing. Cause they'll at least they'll, they'll empathize and they'll understand some of the struggles and they'll be able to offer you a lot of advice. And if you're really lucky, they'll offer you some, uh, some quality hires. Cause you know, Jimmy recommended a guy that he wanted to hire for his team, but you know, things didn't work out cause he's in New York and obviously Jimmy's in um, California. So I was able to hire that kid and, got a great hire from it. So there's a lot that, that happens from, from building those relationships. So I would absolutely recommend your, everybody who's listening to this, if you're not building a peer group, you know, you should be networking. Doesn't always mean, can this person get me a job X, Y, and Z? Sometimes networking should be, can I have a good conversation with this person? Can I, can I help them with anything? Cause that's another thing. Like now that I'm in a management position, I, I love when people call me and they're like, Hey, I would like some advice. You know, I just got this job. There's, there's some questions I have. I am totally open for any of that. I forgot her name, but somebody recently had a, a thread and asked for some help. She had just been promoted to SDR manager and I was totally willing to, to spend an hour with her and just kind of answering some questions because my feeling is if I can coach her to be better, it's going to make me better too, because if I can teach it, then clearly I can do it. Dude, that is amazing. I mean, a couple of things. Jimmy is an alumni of one of my training programs and is an amazing guy. And Jimmy, if you're listening to this, props, man. Good to be out there and like helping other people out in the community. That's that's a that's a great story. And I think to your point, like networking, I think has kind of a bad rap because it's like you think you're walking around giving people business cards and like trying to right. interrupt people. <laughs> but but dude, you you touched on the true power of networking is putting yourself out there as a resource to help people mm-hmm. without really expecting anything in return and, you know, building relationships so that you can have a peer group of people that are dealing with the same issues. Because as you said, if you just keep putting stuff out there, adding value to the community, you know, stuff's going to come back to you in different ways. And it's, it's better than just walking around trying to shove your business card into people's face. You know, hundred percent. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I love it. Keep it up. I love this conversation. I definitely, everybody who's listening to this, cold call Malcolm today. Please. Give him your my best. number is on my LinkedIn. <laughs> Give me your best shot. And, uh, and uh, I appreciate all your support, Malcolm. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, David, it was an absolute pleasure. I am extremely lucky, and I, I honestly feel very blessed to be on your show, and it's it's wonderful, and I can't wait for more episodes. All right. let's Hey, let's get you out to the conference, man, August 30th. Oh, you know what? Actually, it's yes. funny you mentioned that. I'm going to actually, I think that, yeah, I'm going to, I mentioned that, you know, casually at the bar the other Friday and I think, uh, I think I got the right people listening. So I think that's going to happen. Nice dude. Let's and the, the last here. thing I'll say, yep. the, the last thing I'll say to you, anybody who's, cause I obviously, you know, I'm still building my team. Anybody who's on the West coast or anybody looking to, to get a shot at SDR or is curious about what this looks like, please give me a call. I'm looking for superstars. I could always use a new number one. So. Anybody looking to come over East Coast, East Coast, hit me up. I'd love to uh, have a chat. <laughs> Dude, that is an awesome opportunity, you guys. So take him up on that. And Malcolm, you have a great, great day. Thank you, man. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.